In my business, there is only one place, and that's to be a winner. Wash your hands, wash your butt, man, that's it. Well, I felt like SpongeBob for a minute, right? They said, hey, Dad, let's make a TikTok. You know, there's times where you make plays that are special, and there's some times where you're like, that's pretty fucking good. Mercedes Lewis here, a.k.a. Big Dog. When you listen to the Poor Man's Package podcast, go Pack Go. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Poor Man's Packers podcast, the number one Packers podcast in the state of our minds. I'm Spencer Sismanowitz, joined as always with Kyle Turkowski. Kyle? Hello. And Kyle, a quick, is Kyle an idiot question, which Uh-oh. Green Bay Packer, this is not fair, played the fourth most games... Over the last decade. Oh, I do know this. Huh? Mr. Brett Good. Mr. Brett Good. Wow, very good, Kyle. And Brett Good is the <laughs> special guest for this episode, our first Packer player that we were able to uh, have on with us. Have on with us. Super Bowl champion. Finagle on. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, a really fun interview. He's a super nice, intelligible guy. He's got that nice little southern twang to it that you could just listen to all day. Mm-hmm. It was Yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, awesome guy. Um, yeah, and it was really nice. Out of out of nowhere, you know, I just came, asked if he'd come on the pod, and sure enough, he did. Long snapping, very underappreciated, underrated part of football as a whole. So, uh, very important piece to the Packers for a decade plus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's he like we said, fourth most games of the last decade. And that's you know me being twenty eight, you being what twenty five, twenty six, twenty five. You know that that is our our wheelhouse for Packer for Thank the Packers. Yeah. But uh, our last episode we had the backyard draft. We oh did announce yes! On Twitter. Thank you. I have a bone to pick with that to the ninety thousand people that voted in yep. the poll, and I finished last. Like, have any of you ever played backyard football before? It's gritty. It's tough. It's physical. Like know. okay, Tom. Yes, drafted a great team with precision and speed but those are like the two last traits you need in backyard football my team was physical versatile and just gritty and i think they would have they would have dominated either of your teams so i'm very disappointed at the results i didn't hate your team i i did like it but i don't know maybe you could have picked a receiver instead of brandon jackson as well but again just me physicality versatility who 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 would have tackled jared cook on grassi's team well, no I mean, I I don't know. We didn't we didn't pick defense defenses. But we're kind of I mean, playing against the I, air. I was under the assumption that if we're just gonna yeah pick that, then it'd be like a two way thing. But whatever, I yeah, I'm over it. Oh, clearly, clearly, mm-hmm. you're over it. <laughs> uh, this episode, we're still in the off season. We're just going to go over uh, training camp for the past week briefly here for. For a few minutes, offense, defense, kind of like what we usually do in the regular season, and then we will have our interview with Brett Good. We'll yeah, we kind of uh, it was poor timing on our last episode. Like we recorded August thirteenth, like right before yeah practice happened, and then like a bunch of stuff happened, so like we sounded like a bunch of idiots on that Monday. But here we are now to salvage that. I yeah. suppose. Yeah, and once we get to the regular season, we'll go back to our game reviews segments and maybe some interviews again. We might even have another interview that we recorded today in the future. Ooh. But getting into what we were alluding to there, training camp, and it is back, and the tweets are back. 
kind of. I'm sure you've seen yes. Tom Silverstein and everyone else yes. kind of complaining about. What is, ooh, here we go. Quick question, just off the top of my head. What is like the, the, the one, I have one already. What's the tidbit to you that like received the most tweets? Uh, here, I'll, I'll go first. Okay. Mine was uh, on their off day recently, Rashawn Gary texted the outside oh. backer coach things he could do at like 1230 there was literally 11,000 tweets in a row just about that tidbit that's when you know it's a good tidbit oh yeah I can't um I'm trying to think what else there was I don't know it, it's been I have enjoyed uh getting the zoom calls from pretty much every player instead of you know the Packers put out small interviews with you know from every week but now that it's they only get to talk to about three players a day and it's all live stream right yeah it's all on zoom with the media guys it's great that they figured out how to work zoom after the draft debacle with the press conferences were oh, terrible the number time. clicks and the dogs barking and the, the clicks and, there was jazz music for one of them that they <laughs> could not find no one could find who was making the jazz music and they couldn't they hacker, stopped the, a hacker. they stopped the call and restarted it and it still came <laughs> but Getting into training camp, we'll go like we do with the games, offense, then defense. Starting at the top, QBs for training camp. Rodgers has been Rodgers. Um, I mean, you get to the point with veterans, you don't really, you know, no news is almost good news. You kind of know what these players are. He's mm -hmm. thrown a few picks at the beginning, but he does that every and year. And like, you know, it's almost cyclical at this point where beginning of our Beginning to mid-August, he gets real testy in camp and, you know, tries to fit in there and he throws picks and it's, what's wrong with Rodgers? What's wrong with Rodgers? And then he comes out and then, like, just slings it all over one day to be like, hey, hey, I'm Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's still, you see the clips and he's still hitting the nets. Mm -hmm. And that's what matters as well. And mm -hmm. it, with the NFL, too, at the beginning of the regular season and at the beginning of training camp, the defense usually tends to be ahead of the offense for you know it takes a little longer to get things get in rhythm. get things going sure but talking talking quarterbacks obviously jordan love he's out there playing he hasn't who yeah right yeah <laughs> he's thrown some picks he had a couple fumbles even exchanged snaps so there isn't much to talk about there it seems like as far as the quarterbacks are concerned tim boyle is the talk of training camp the laser show is back has just been yeah showing out apparently and looks to be slotted as the number two right now i'm, I'm pretty sure yeah and people were kind of expecting that just because of the, lear the learning curve in the nfl for quarterbacks anyways but i mean every day tim boyle's still showing up he hasn't had many negative plays from what we're reading on twitter uh nagler aaron nagler even tweeted out that tim boyle has been hassleback-esque which is hmm. about the best praise you could get for a back of quarterback well maybe matt flynn Hasselbeck-esque. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, a little. Um, maybe you didn't know we had Matt no, Hasselbeck. He was, but we traded him away for like a first or second. Oh, round pick and then too. he ended up being the starter. And okay, yep. sure. And then he said that stupid stuff in overtime. <laughs> um, running back, Aaron Jones has been showing up. I mean, you hear hear him gashing and slashing the defense just about every every day. But the big news, obviously, for the running back position, the guy who you know Packer. Packer fans weren't very excited about when we drafted him. A.J. Dillon showing up. All it took for this fan base to fall in love with that pick, a very polarizing pick, but now it just seems to be consensus that they're in love with him, was a pair of shorts. That's, That's amazing. It. Just just that easy. Yeah, and I'll tell you what. Ooh, so you know you know the amazing nicknames I come up with for players. Uh, you ready for this? Amazing. You ready for this? Okay. A.J. Dillon... 
More like A.J. Dillham, because those thighs could feed a family for a week. (laughs) A.J. Dillham, I like it. Yeah? Dillham. Meaty, thick, yeah. And he's been... Tree trunk thighs. And he's been showing up as well. He's he's been hitting the holes and running dudes over too, it sounds like, so... Have you... Did you see the slow-mo video of him hitting the the shed? Uh, I don't think so. I, like, how can you feel sorry? How can you feel, like, sympathy for an inanimate object? I don't know how, but I did it. Because that that sh- the blocking shed was like completely vertical when mm-hmm. he hit it, and then when it came down, it like was completely vertical the other way. It was truly a sight to behold, and I, I recommend looking it up. A powerful, powerful guy. And uh, I thought about this. An added benefit of having him, like we've mentioned before, is the defense really struggles against a more hit you in the mouth type running offense. Mm-hmm. I mean, just going up against him in practice hopefully can help this defense a little bit to, you know, man up a little bit Get on these larger backs. Get to that, yeah. Uh, Jamal Williams, he's been fine, you know, plays here and there. But another bit of news, uh, Swervin Irvin has, you know, kind of wondering where... The, the gadget. Where he would be on offense. You know, we've complained about the receivers and, you know, we have a lot of running backs here. But it looks like he'll be able to slip in on this roster by the returner, and he's been taking snaps at wide receiver, so he is just turning into that gadget player. I know you were a big fan of him last I year. I still am, yeah. Um, yeah, I think he's a borderline lock for a roster spot, yeah, mm-hmm. just solely for the return capabilities. But then, yeah, I think if they can get him involved on offense too, even better, because even in the playoffs, he was he was getting a lot of snaps towards the end there, so I don't, yeah. I don't see why that shouldn't continue with you know the lack of not really bolstering up the wide receiver position over the offseason. So we'll see. Yeah. And w- you know, when you have about five, you know, a few skill position guys out there, it's nice to have, you know, you'd feel better about the offense. Obviously, Geronimo Allison's gone, but I'd feel better about the lineup if we have Irvin out there as opposed to someone like Geronimo. Yeah. He's just so, ah, I just love watching him with the ball in his hands because he's like, like, I don't know, like, relatively, he's just, like, a little bit smaller than everyone, so mm-hmm. he just looks so much quicker and yes. shiftier. Yes. And I just, I have full faith when he has the ball in his hands, and I'm excited for his first touchdown as a Packer. Yeah, and hopefully we can stay uh, positive in the return game this year with him being on the yeah. squad all year. Mm-hmm. Uh, wide receiver, Devontae Adams, he got hurt early on, but he has been practicing the last two days. Good uh, to go. He's been looking good. It seems like him and Kevin King have been going up against each other quite a bit, so... Good matchups. They've been talking about how that's been kind of the matchup to watch, at least on the offense. It's been between those two guys. Alan Lazard apparently has been getting looks at the number two. We kind of, once again, just assume he's in with the starters because now the reporters are not allowed. They can talk about outcomes of plays, but they're not allowed to talk about formations or who's on the first team and who's on the second team. So it's a little more tricky now. But yeah, he's... Alan Lazard's been showing up, and MVS, a little bit of a slow start to training camp, some mm. drops, but now he's making a name again. He keeps sac- stacking success, as LaFleur says, and Andy Herman has repeated as well. And, I mean, that's what you want from a guy who, you know, was incon- inconsistent last year, started started the year as the number two receiver. Last game of the year, he only had one snap. Mm. Very talented. Hopefully he can put it together and be something for us. As mentioned, though, like, that's been... Uh, he's said himself is that physically last year he was not 100 percent. he battled mm-hmm. a ton like i think it was past week seven last year yep. so and i'd just be curious like i'm curious like the general consensus among packers fans like if they could compare and contrast their like expectations slash excitement level 
for MVS going into this year as compared to last year because yeah. last year it seemed like everyone was just like this yep. is the guy this is the guy and this year it's kind of dampered a little bit but it's unfortunate that like with his situation there's not a, a Packers receiver in history or really on this roster that showed flashes their rookie year struggled with ankle injuries their sophomore year and then broke out their third year it's just too bad there's yeah. no examples of that to think of yeah not a single one I anywhere can't. i can't so it's tough to to get excited about this because we can't think of any examples of a guy who showed flashes his rookie year was dealing yeah. with ankle yeah, problems yeah, yeah. his sophomore year and then broke out his third year it just sucks right. except for i don't know maybe Devonte adams oh oh that's right <laughs> Yeah, hashtag hashtag cut Adams, hashtag start Jeff Janis. Remember that? If the general consensus was, if the general consensus of Packer fans was the GM, where would Devontae Adams be playing football right now? Probably like New England. I was going to say the Vikings, the Lions, they probably would have scooped him up. Mm -hmm. Uh, EQ and Kumaro have been solid. EQ is back after being hurt last year. He talked about that his uh, high ankle sprain was worse than originally thought to a lot of people thought we should have kept him on the 53 but he said he would have been out all year anyways good um but yeah we'll As see in like like good <laughs> that he, <laughs> good, he he's, good that he's good yeah <laughs> uh Malik Turner's had a couple solid plays too I know uh I think it was Jim Wazarski or one of them was saying that he looks like an NFL receiver which is I guess a good thing to seems, hear. Seems like a good trait <laughs> to have. Yeah, and at the same time, Reggie Bagleton made some noise early on in camp, and it sounds like the last couple days, too, he's been showing up as well. I know he's been catching some balls from Rogers, so you can assume he's getting some snaps with the ones. There's this picture. Have you seen this picture where it's like uh, it's like it's a drill where Rogers is throwing to Bagleton? The comeback? And, like, yeah, he's, like, getting yeah. down in his route, and the ball's yep. in his air. Rogers at his throw. It's just so yeah. picture perfect. Oh my goodness! Well, that's that's the one that uh, Reggie Bagleton quote tweeted and said. Uh, I was asked, you know, what it's like catching balls from Aaron Rodgers, and he was like, one word, perfection. Oh, it was it was that whole, all that oh. there. Um, and once again, I you know we got on him at the beginning of last year, but I wouldn't sleep on Darius Shepard because he's. It mm. sounds like he's showing up a bit, and if nothing else, he brings something to the table that no one else on the team really does where is that kind of prototypical has to be a slot type receiver shifty and i don't know i don't he's probably not going to be as good as randall cop but (laughs) well maybe if it's that more and not just like the slot but like familiarity you know this is year two in the system so he's he's, i I imagine he's got the playbook down i would hope so i felt so bad for him last year after he was (sighs) one of the big names coming out of training camp and he kind of you know fumbled a a couple times that too i I ragged on him hard, like because I was so, I mean, yeah. maybe because I was so I was such a big fan, like all preseason going in, that yeah, to be so disappointed, I was I was a little hurt, but yeah, I'm I'm we'll back see. on the train now. Yep, it's a little tougher without having preseason either to mm-hmm. know who's doing what. But tight end, not a bunch of news here. Uh, Jay Sternberger has been back the last couple practices. He had a big drop apparently early on, like a 50 yard touchdown bomb. He just dropped, mm. but he's been. He's been up and down. It sounds like Rogers has been talking to him a bit too. It seems like he should be the tight end one, but at the same I time, Tanyan's been showing up as well. I see. Yeah, kind of a segue there is I see Tanyan's been grabbing a lot of headlines with you know possibly in the mix for tight end one. I think yeah. that's probably just fodder, and it's you know Schneidman's the one that threw that out there a little little clickbaity. I don't you know I don't hate the move, but you know it's like, but hey, can Tanyan be the tight end one? I mean, who knows? Yeah, I mean with our recency, you can never have enough 
playable slash good tight end. So I'm fine with it. If yeah. That, if if that becomes a legit competition, we want these. You know, we want pieces at running back, tight end, and receiver more than ever. Where in the McCarthy era, it was okay. You pretty much only want a lot of good receivers, a decent running back, whatever else. For this, we really want to have some quality at every every side, every part of the offense. Yep. Uh, and back to talking about Tanyan too. They've talked about it. Uh, he did get hurt against the Cowboys last year. He was kind of coming mm. on at that time, and he was never the same after that. He was out at least a month, I know. So, yeah, hip. so yeah. So we'll see going forward if he can take the next step. Uh, obviously, the uh, this year's best player on the Packers, Big Dog. He's been banged up a little bit. Mercedes we Lewis. Don't. I don't know. He's been making some plays. We'll see. He's played freaking 15 years, so it's not like you're going to get it. Find anything else new about him mm-hmm. in training camp, but also Josiah Deguara. So he's been making some flashes. Yeah, he's been lining up at fullback, uh, tight end for sure. I'm not sure how much he's been out on the slot and stuff, but it's they're saying that out of all the all the rookies this year, he's going to be the one who plays the most. And once again, one of those pieces that Matt Lafleur can have and just kind of move around on that offense. I like how like we have like a heavyweight gadget in. Deguara, and then like a lightweight gadget in Irvin. Yeah. It's kind of a cool oh, dynamic. Yeah, there you go. See those little creative pieces. And along those lines, too, John Lovett, the the other fullback. Been H-back seeing his type. name a lot, too. Yeah, and he's he's a good-looking player with that long hair. You know, that, that's a that's a kind of guy where when you see him out, it kind of reminds me of, I remember Justin Perillo back in the day where he was kind of just a bulky tight end, but uh-huh. he had that long hair. It's yeah. Like, long blonde hair coming out of the back of a helmet of someone on offense just is a little jarring. There's something. Well, there's something just appropriate about it and something that like just like makes throwback it makes it seem like that team is going to punch you in the mouth exactly i think of like 80s like weightlifters for some mm, reason and know. they're just like they just like grunt like it, getting up from a chair exactly and that's football you know grunting is football yes. so you want that the offensive line is interesting um starting from left to right you go from no concerns and david bakhtiari Elton Jenkins, like the concern meter, Corey Lindsley, and then you get to right guard and right tackle, and it's like, okay, what are we doing here? There's been a bunch of different formations. Um, you know, at right guard, we've had Lane Taylor in there, so he's kind of back in the mix. A lot of people thought he would be cut after last year. You know, when Elton kind of replaced him after after Taylor got hurt and thrown IR, but we've had Taylor at right guard, Billy Turner at right tackle, Billy Turner at right guard, Rick Wagner at right tackle. We've even had Elton Jenkins move in and play center when Corey Lindsley was hurt. Mm-hmm. Lucas Patrick has came in and played center and right guard. Jake Hansen apparently is the backup center. So a lot of this is up in the air. I think as far as the offense goes, I'm the most concerned with this, which is, you know, that right side of the offensive line. And I don't know, maybe maybe it will end up being, you know, if the best I would feel about the offensive line right now if it if it is Lane Taylor and Billy Turner just because we know what we have. That's in Lane what you Taylor. would feel best about. I think so. And my my dumb mind, I when I see Billy Turner, he looks like a tackle. He doesn't look like a, a little guard. bit. Yeah, he's the most athletic looking kind of long long guard. You know, as yeah. far as we know him that I've seen. So I, so what? I wonder what, how he'd be. Gun to your head. What would you think in three weeks from today? Actually, yep, would be the. Uh, starting right side of the line. I don't know. Yeah, we, know we obviously know the left it, side. It's tough, and even looking back at last year, we did start the season with Lane Taylor starting when most of us knew Elton Jenkins would be, you know, the guy who eventually would start. Yeah, so, I, so, wow, I forgot about that. Yeah, so I wonder if maybe we do start the year with Billy Turner at right guard and Rick Wagner at right tackle. We don't know now because Rick Wagner is hurt. He hasn't practiced the last couple of days, so we can't we can't say anything for sure. But he hasn't. I haven't read too much about him, so I wouldn't be surprised if we start the year something like that, and then maybe later on we switch something up. But 
It, we still have three weeks of practice. Gun to, to your head. Three weeks from today. Right guard and right tackle. Go. I'm, I'll go. I'm holding a gun to his head. I'll go Billy Turner and Rick Wagner. Okay. We'll see. We'll okay. see. Very, very exciting stuff. Um, moving on to uh, the defense. We weren't able to mention this last week, but Kenny Clark got paid. Mm. Uh, old, old news now. Yes. Wow. I was, I like, I, I took a little, I think it was on Saturday it was announced, right? Something like that. I it was, it was up, right before the first, uh, first practice. Woke up at like 8.30 a.m., had breakfast, somehow took a cat nap at like 11, woke up to that news. It, it's Saturday. And it was to. just such a great day. Oh, I was so happy all day. Well, so deserved. We said earlier, 25 years old. Kenny Clark, 24 years old. <laughs> Only 24 years old. And he, you know, sent a $70 million contract. I think it was $25 million guaranteed. He's, I thought for sure he, does, he was at least 25 by now. Oh, my gosh. And he's going to be able to get paid again yeah, so in now four years, with, six years, five years, whatever. With the four-year four extension, yeah, it'll be five years from now. So when he's 29, he'll be looking at his Another fat deal. And he'll still be, oh, my goodness. Yeah. So happy we paid Kenny. Yeah, final, one last thing to uh, think about. And also, uh, I forgot to mention it before, apparently they have already began talks with David Bakhtiari for an extension. Beautiful. The, the big guy, I think there's five of them uh, who are in contract years that really matter. Bakhtiari, no, I guess no longer. Bakhtiari's Kenny. in a contract year this year? This year. Um, oh, I thought it was so, so it's Bakhtiari, Aaron Jones, Kevin King, and Corey Lindsley. So I think Kenny and Bakhtiari are the most important to resign so it's for sure it is good to hear that kenny's had a decent camp i in the trenches it's kind of hard to know who exactly is performing just, all that much my favorite part is he signed that deal and then i remember the next day he was the very first one out on the field yeah and that's were, just yeah. like like <sighs> worth every penny i think they all celebrated with him after practice too jumping around but yeah he was out there with uh sled or whatever the thing like is the pushing thing over do, like the swim and the rip i think <laughs> Either way, the, the swim yeah. and the rip thing—I think that's what they call that, it. So. Those are those are moves. Those are real things. So. No, I know. I'm saying the term for the actual the item. Like it's oh, can it's you not get a this sled? Sw- it's like a dummy, maybe. Yeah, there. Yeah, dummy. We'll call maybe, it a dummy. Maybe we're dummies. I probably probably could have just heard maybe a little bit of both. Yeah. Uh, Lowry's Lowry apparently has looked a little bit better this camp. He, you know, a little bit of a letdown year after he signed the contract extension last year. So as long as he can be average, I'm fine with it. He, it just—I don't know. He felt like he made. Sweet plays at very very sweet moments he, last year, he, but it was but it was it felt few and far between. But yeah, he disappears and then he shows up. Like I think I mentioned before, you know, he's the ball hawk. He had uh he had the Jameis Winston pick fumble. Yep, and then for the, a touchdown. the the game in Lambeau against the Bears last year, the pick. Yep, yep. Wasn't See, that like a like he like fingertipped it like I forgot an exactly inch what from it was. the ground. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, just a playmaker. But as far as the defensive line goes, the player people have been talking about has been on the defensive line Kingsley Kiki mm. sounds like he's making the next step uh I know in the offseason I believe Kenny Clark said that on the entire defensive line he thinks Kiki is the most talented I remember you telling me that and I was taken aback and whew, if that's true whew. yeah maybe it's Kenny being modest and also being like well every, everyone else is like a fourth round picker later <laughs> aside from aside from Kiki but he you know he's a guy who I was high on last year too Jerry Montgomery's a great defensive line coach hopefully he can I mean if he coach has, him up if he has 85 percent of the talent that Kenny does then yeah. we're sitting good then we're sitting really good and then one last thing to worry about because defensive line does seem to be it's almost like um the defensive line is the same as the uh wide receivers 
looking at this team where we have one really really good guy and then, but a, then it's just like a bunch of potential yeah kind like of we're waiting we're see. waiting for the which speaking of montrevious adams he got banged up yeah um, it looked it sounded i remember seeing it when it happened it sounded real serious like they needed to cart him off but then it just ended up being a sprained toe so. yeah he and uh on sunday he did he was at practice without the boot but he was still limping i don't know i think it's going to be tough he's already a guy who has kind of underperformed but we're so thin at defensive line i feel like he'd still make the team as i was gonna i was gonna ask you do you still think he makes the roster then? I, would, I, I still I would think, think so, so too if, if he's not practicing you know two weeks from now I would say probably not, but we'll just see. just because I mean, like you said, I like the parallel of like the wide receiver group. It'd, it'd be like us cutting, like not EQ. That's not a good one. Kumarel. Kumarel. Yeah, yeah. It'd be, it'd be like, like cut. cutting him. Like it would suck if we did, but also we uh, we can't really afford to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Z Zadarius Smith has been banged up. He still wasn't practicing today. A worrisome. LaFleur said none of the injuries right now are long-term, or I had, didn't hear him say that about uh, Adams, but th- back when Bakhtiari was banged up too, Adams was banged up, and Z, he said none of them were to you know worry. And we've talked, we talked about it last year, but Z does seem to get banged up quite a bit, but it never seems to be anything serious. So and yeah, he's, he's, back. he's another guy who I've seen, like, yeah, even not practicing, I, I still see, like, pictures of him out there yeah. on the dummies. Yep. And so it, it doesn't seem, doesn't appear to be too serious. Yeah. Uh, Gary apparently showed up leaner. Everyone was saying that the first day of camp. Oh if he can God. put it together, it would be... He, he's flashed at times, too. It seems like he is kind of a boomer bust player. I mean, this is just training camp still, and it's hard to tell with pass rushers with that. But, I mean, any type of step he can make, I mean, he is a physical freak. I just made this up now. I hope it's not dumb. I probably should have back-tested this with you off, off record. Uh-oh. But I think I'm going to name him the caterer. Okay. He's gonna cook up all of your words and make them, and make you eat them. Oh. Ooh, okay. I the was caterer. I was. I was like, where's the pun in this? Because most of, <laughs> at least the ones I do. Because are... like seriously, the rave reviews he's gotten out of camp has been pretty cool to see. And we'll see. And yeah, we will see. But it's looking like like Andy Andy Herman had a had a great tweet. It's like. If he f- if and if Rashawn Gary doesn't pan out, it's not going to be because of lack of effort yeah. or trying because he's he's out there every day and which was the question coming out of the draft apparently because another thing pushing this along is Mike Smith, outside linebackers coach, who is like the biggest cheerleader on this football team because every time he talks, he loves every single player that he's working with. Yep. So I I don't know. We'll we'll see going forward. Holding out hope. Um, we can never have enough pass rushers. That's for sure. Absolutely. Uh, and a lot of guys have been talking about uh, Garvin as well and Tim Williams. Mm. A lot of these outside guys have been showing up, it seems like, even the undrafted guys. Is it true that Garvin's only 20 years old? Uh, that, that sounds right. I remember hearing that. My Someone goodness. Was, yeah, yeah, coming out of camp. Yeah, because he's out of Miami, right? That was, uh-huh. yeah. I'm pretty sure he was like a pretty highly touted prospect, too, at one point in Miami. But then yeah, I don't it, know, I maybe just had a tough last year before coming out. Yeah. I don't know too much about him. Yeah, we seem to draft a couple players. Jordan Love was kind of the same thing where people thought he'd be going a lot higher, too. Yeah, a little different between a first-rounder and an <laughs> undrafted. <laughs> no, well, no, Gar- Garvin was a late-round pick. Seventh round. Yeah, at yeah. The, yeah. But at the same time, too, uh, a couple of the undrafted guys have been making names for themselves. And making names they are, because the one guy is <laughs> Tippa Galilei. That, oh, yeah. That can't be right. And Delonte Scott. Two undrafted guys who have been showing up, so it'll be interesting to see how many outside linebackers we keep 
for you know replacing Kyle Fackrell, who is with the Giants with Blake Martinez now. So who knows? Maybe we're probably going to stash a lot of those guys on the on the uh, expanded practice squad for this year. And what is the expanded practice squad up to now? Sixteen. Okay. And I think it's usually 10. eight or ten or I think twelve. It's ten. One of those. One but of yeah, those sixteen. I just I don't understand, like. Why wouldn't they just allow practice teams to be like at least twenty two, you know, so you can at least like yeah feel the team? Yeah. I don't know. I guess either way, you, they're practicing with the entire team, at, so most of them are just kind of doing walkthrough stuff. Yeah, but st- I mean, yeah, like I don't know. It just it just oh, you know what? I get it. Probably more money out of the NFL's pockets, mm-hmm. health insurance, blah blah blah. They're very yeah. they're yeah. they're a very run down organization that would it'd be hard for them to afford. So yeah. I get o- it. Always always hurting for money. That's all you ever hear about for the NFL. Mm-hmm. Inside linebacker uh, has a few new new faces. Christian Kirksey has been solid. He was the first guy to get an interception this Seen year. His name a lot going sideline to sideline, pass coverage, yeah, run stuff in. Ooh, I'm excited for him. It'll be interesting to see how. Um, how that position group looks going forward, because especially now today in the last couple of days, Kamal Martin has really made a name for himself where it seems like maybe Kirksey is going to be the pass defense linebacker, pass coverage linebacker, and Kamal Martin will be the kind of run blocker. It's because what the tweets today, he was blowing up guys in the mm-hmm. middle. Yeah. I just saw that like he, he timed Jordan Love's snap count and rushed in untouched and got a big ooh from the defensive sideline. So yeah, making flashes. That's all. That's all you can ask for. Yeah, and you know he's doing well because even Tom Silverstein went out of his way to say that Kamal Whoa. Martin has looked the part so far. We heard the same thing about Oren Burks his rookie year, and Oren, it sounds like he's been okay this camp too, but it's just, he's at the point now where you can't believe it until you actually see oh, it. Oh, but yeah, but the thing with Oren though, it just seems, it does seem different with him this time around. He just seems a lot more confident and almost relaxed because yeah. he knows what he's capable of almost, so... I'm excited for him too. What? How? It it feels good to actually have like a legit competition at inside backer too, right? Yeah. Now. I mean, it, it just I, it doesn't seem like something that's been a thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For the that, that past is a, however a really many years, good, really good point. Yeah. It'll be you know it'll be those three guys up top, but who's going to get the majority of those snaps? Because mm-hmm. we usually do play that dime with only one linebacker out there. So you'd think Kirksey, but we'll see with Martin. Obviously, there's Ty Summers too, and Bolton at inside linebacker. We'll see what happens there. Bolton hasn't really hasn't practiced at all yet, has he? No, he's still coming back from his ACL injury from last year, which he he was another talk of training camp. Yeah, I'm rooting well. hard for him too, because yeah, he was. I mean, he was positioned to be almost a starter, right, mm-hmm. last summer. Yeah, yeah, especially with you know, well, we know what the run defense was like. He could he could have been that guy who would spell Blake Martinez. Yeah. Uh, the secondary looking good, probably the most exciting group on the defense. Mm-hmm. Aside from, well, we know what we have Besides as outside linebacker. But yeah, like, and the fact that Amos is like the old. I think he's the oldest on the defense, right? He's twenty seven years a, old at a mere twenty seven years old. Yeah, and yeah, that secondary, they're gonna be very, very good because Josh Jackson has been. I've been seeing his name a lot as well, which is great. At the beginning of camp, I didn't hear too much about him, but I, it, you know. And we've kind of been thinking this since he kind of struggled his rookie years. When are we going to, you know, switch him over to safety? We've kind of had some luck with that with other guys. But, yeah, he's apparently looked the part, and we have a lot of good pieces there. King has had a good training camp by all accounts. He's been matched up against Devontae Adams quite a bit, like I mentioned earlier. Jair is Jair. He's sat out a couple of game, or a couple of practices, but he's, he's the guy at the cornerback yep. position. Shannon Sullivan's still showing up. 
And Savage is getting a lot of hype as well, too. He talked about how he was banged up last year. We kind of knew that. And he's really looking forward to um, this this next year, too. And even the position coach now, too, Jerry Gray, he's he's been very, very excited. The former D-back coach for the Vikings. Who's, <laughs> a bunch of idiots letting him go. Yeah, it's really weird that they let him go, too, especially when you look at the Vikings. They have so many young DBs that mm-hmm. they... I'm sure he like, jumped ship because he knows they're going to be terrible uh, this year. That's actually... Not a bad theory at all, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and take that and use it as my own because that's a great. I'm gonna well, say perfect. It to all my Vikings fans, friend, because oh. they they he saw a sinking ship, and wow, that's perfect. He jumped, yeah, yeah. Raven Green, he's been showing up as well. Uh, apparently, God, he, I love this secondary. That's yeah, so many I know. good names. I know. It, there's more and more. It, it we oh said, we goodness. said it la- we said it last year too. Get excited too. about this secondary. Holy smokes! We said it last year too. You know, before the draft when we took Kevin. King, you look at that secondary when Gunter was starting against the Falcons, oh and now it's God. like we have so many pieces that would be far and away the most talented pieces of the secondary a few years ago, and now they're kind of in reserve roles. But yeah, Ra- Raven Green, he's still kind of the physical uh, linebacker, safety mm-hmm. hybrid type. Apparently, he's joking around because he he cuts the sleeves off his jersey. He's trying to get like sl- the Raven Green sleeveless jersey in the Packers Pro Shop. Oh, that's badass. I'd buy one for sure. Yeah, I don't think you or I would be able to pull it off half as well as uh, speak for yourself, buddy. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Looking at you. I've been in the gym. Oh, yeah, damn. Oh, damn. Wow. Huge biceps. <laughs> Special teams, uh not much to talk about Crosby's missed a couple. Uh JK Scott, uh haven't seen Rob Domofsky stop uh stopwatch uh tweets this year. Usually we get the uh the hang time tweets, oh, but that's right. haven't seen much on JK Scott. He kind of struggled last year at times. Well, I don't know. Still still knocking boomers. I saw he did have like a sixty knocking yard punt. Boomers. We'll we'll see. Um but yeah, not, nothing nothing else besides that. Still have three more weeks of training camp. Everything's good so far. Um no real injuries. It, it's funny too because uh, you know the first couple injuries pop up. And it's like, oh man, hopefully we can stay healthy and through preseason not get any more injuries. Then it's like, oh wait a minute, we don't even have to worry about that yeah. this year. But yeah, all things considered, in terms of injuries, I'd say August twenty third, as of this recording, one thirty p.m. Lambo time. I I'd say we're we're sitting pretty good. Yeah, health wise and everything's looking excitement wise and defense is looking good. Offense is kind of get back on track. So. I don't know. Hopefully we can keep stacking success. But with that, we will have a quick commercial break and then we'll have our interview with Super Bowl champion Brett Good. Hello, American football fans. Are you trying to score more clients? Well, now it is time to kick off a new email campaign. At B2B Data Guy, we pass your message to qualified receivers. We'd love to sit down and talk to you about how we can field your goals. We make sure your emails aren't intercepted by spam filters. Your emails won't get flagged for unnecessary sending. There's no market we can't tackle. We've never punted on a customer. We think we're a pretty fair catch. There's no way we won't insert football pun. With our message to the right audience, it's easy to touch down with qualified leads. Visit b2bdataguide.com today. We now welcome on a very special guest, a Super Bowl champion, but more importantly, someone who I got the autograph of back when I was 15, Mr. Brett Good. Welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me. So it's been a couple of years since we've heard from you last. I'm just, I'm sure everyone's curious. What have you been up to? Uh, well, the last six months I've been sitting in my garage and working on my little table here and 
and down in Arkansas, it's a little hot, so I don't have air conditioning. I got a little fan, so I'm getting a nice little sweat during the day. But Always I've just good. been enjoying the uh, joining the family, enjoying retirement. And I recently, uh, right before COVID hit, I got my insurance license, and now it's kind of picking up to where I'm going to kind of start doing that. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of excited for that new new transition. There you Very go. Nice. Okay, cool. Yeah, so you have officially retired from the NFL. You turned in those papers. I never turned in papers. I was told if you don't play for a year, it's basically done for you. So I, mm. I got my severance check. So everything that I, everything happened. So it's it's all going smooth. Perfect. Gotcha. So okay. it's all but official. Would, do, <laughs> yes. do you care to make it official? No, not really. I mean, I know <laughs> that I'm not coming back. So uh, I'm I'm enjoying where I'm at right now, and I enjoy. Uh, you know, I got to come up last year for a game and. Obviously, this year's a little different. We had the alumni weekend scheduled, and it would have been the anniversary of the Super Bowl, but oh, it's man. not going to happen with us there. So things changed and things happen, but we'll move on. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. So, Mr. Good, this isn't news to you, but I think long snapping is a very underrated and underappreciated part of not only special teams, but football as a whole, so much so that in high school, some teams will have a 170-pound kid do it. Just that's how important it is. I know that because I was that 170-pound kid. So my question is, like, what is your origin story as a long snapper? And at what point were you like, huh, maybe I can make a career out of this? Very similar story. Um, it was I was in eighth grade. It was to get to make the ninth grade team. I wasn't good enough or big enough to do anything else, and they needed somebody to – the volunteer and I did and so I, I moved on up to the ninth grade team and just kind of kept practicing and when I got to high school I was fortunate to have a coach that had snapped at the University of Arkansas and he kind of hmm. started training me and helping me out with the right techniques and, and just kept going from there and kind of got recruited and you know I didn't think it was going to happen at, at college and then all of a sudden college career was over and literally two days after the last game I got a message that I was going to go to the senior bowl. So I was like, Oh, that's a reality now too, wow. which you know, you don't hear anything. Nowadays they have all these camps and, and rankings for snappers where they didn't back whenever I was coming out. Sure. Was getting invited to the senior bowl, even on your radar at all? You know, it wasn't because no snapper at that point had ever been invited. So I was actually part of the oh. first two snap. I was part of the first two snappers um, to get invited to the senior bowl. So that was uh, quite an honor. And, and now they've had that ever since. That is, yeah, that's really cool. Huh. I, I like to think that if I was 40, 40 or 50 pounds more in muscle mass, I could maybe get like one-eighth of my <laughs> college education paid for, but <laughs> never uh, never put on the weight, so. Well, that's that's all I heard, you know, through after college was, was gain weight. I got to college, I was 195, and by the time I finished college, I was 230, and then Ooh. the NFL, that was back when you could hit the snapper all the time on field goal, and there wasn't mm -hmm. any rule change, so. It was you got to gain weight, got to gain weight, and it wasn't towards the very end of my career where they kind of backed off and had to be a yard away from the snapper. Wow. Okay. That's right. I forgot about that rule. Um, so, I guess there's a long snapping. There's a lot of intricate parts of it, but something that I thought about, you know, you think Lambeau Field, you think cold. You, you know, started in Arkansas, very warm, like you mentioned earlier. How hard is it to snap in Lambeau Field, like you know, the NFC Championship game? It was zero degrees and everyone Negative, talks I think yeah. yeah you know quarterbacks trying to just feel the snap or punchers and kickers trying to get the ball off how tough is it to just snap the ball when it's that cold it's tough you know the balls get uh, hard as a rock and mm. they 
changed the rules to where the officials kind of held onto the balls and they didn't want them by the heaters to get any warmth to them. But luckily, being up there, you're you're able to practice it. So it's not anything different. You're used to it and you kind of just go with it. And when you get out there, you don't even think about it because, you know, on the sideline, your, your main job is to stay warm and stay loose. And, mm-hmm. you know, so you're sitting there. And, and sometimes you may not go out for – a quarter or two, you know, and that's the weird right. thing about it is you don't know when you're going because just because the offense gets the ball, you know, there could be a turnover and you may never see the see the field. So mm-hmm. uh, there there was a lot of times that we would not even have a punt in the first half or second half, and and it just kind of goes back and forth. I, I feel like both sides have a good uh, adjustment that you have to go through, whether it be really hot and humid or really cold, and you just got to figure yeah. out what's best for you. And for me, it was always I, – I made sure my hands were really warm. I tried to make them – you couldn't make them really sweat in zero degrees, but you could get close to it if you stacked your a lot of heaters in your little fanny pack there. <laughs> yep. um, you know, I'd always do that, and then I'd try and lick my fingers. That was one thing that I, always, I got oh, from Rob sure. Davis was, was trying to make sure there was moisture on my fingers, and that, that helped a lot. With the grip, I imagine – Yes, because like, I absolutely. imagine gripping it, it's just got to be almost impossible. You got to grab the laces. I mean, that for me, that, that was what I made sure that I had a good firm grip on the laces. And then, you know, you just kind of sling it back there. And, you know, muscle memory kind of plays plays a big role in it because you get so sure. many repetitions, not only throughout the season, but throughout your career of doing the same motion. Sure. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. So you've been snapping, I believe you said since ninth grade. Yes. So you've had hundreds and hundreds of snaps. What's the oddest story or most impressive trick snap that you've had? Because I'm sure you've had to mess around with it before. Well, there, there's there's some funniness to that. The trick shot snapping didn't – it was kind of like the the rankings. They didn't start doing that until the end. It was kind of get to get noticed. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't do a whole lot of it. But I did do some night snapping with some friends. Um, and we had partaken in a, a few beverages – and I was, I've actually I've broken a few fingers because I know how to throw a knuckleball. And so I actually can position my hands on the ball to come out and it actually is a knuckleball and it dives at the last second. And people <laughs> tend to just no way. go down there and mess up their finger. Um, and so I, I did that early on in my career. And then everybody kind of got the, the hint and said, we don't need to do this anymore. And so <laughs> we, we quit doing that at night. Interesting. Yeah, I've, I've, I wouldn't have never even thought of attempting a knuckle snap. Before. Well, they didn't know I was going to throw it. So, that you know, they're, they're <laughs> sitting there waiting on a regular uh-huh. snap, and then I start laughing and just throw them a knuckleball. And, of course, it's dark, and you got a, a football that you can't hardly see. And <laughs> it's just, in, yeah. I, I, got a good, I got a good kick out of it. <laughs> so, the Hail Mary game. Apparently, the offensive line for that game was so decimated by injuries that Josh Sitton, by the end of the game, was the only starter still in. And the rumor was that you were next in line to play center in that game. I'm curious, how realistic of a possibility was that, and how well do you think you would have fared against uh, Haloti Nada on that final play? So that actually, that opportunity came up a few times in my career. Um, throughout the season in practice, I would snap to the quarterbacks in seven-on-seven seven and just regular QB drills. Um, I played center in, in high school. Uh, I did the same thing at Arkansas where I did kind of just a, a little bit because obviously in college you have a lot more depth, so it wasn't as, as intense. But I was always ready that if I had to go in, um, I, I always chewed gum when I played, so I didn't ever have a mouthpiece. And I always had one of the equipment managers, I had him a mouthpiece ready to go if I had to go in and play center. I think there would have been a lot of cutting, and I probably would have got fined for something I didn't know I was doing. But – I think I could have held my own. Obviously, 
run blocking would have been way more difficult than pass for me at, at that position because I was going to have help on either side. You know, it, sure. even the plays, like I knew a little bit of the terminology, but they were going to help out and chip and, and we were going to do some things that just kind of made it easy. And, and obviously, if that were the case, your quarterback's going to know that, hey, I got to get out of here. Yeah. I mean, shoot, even on that last play, I feel like he had a – what, wasn't Rodgers rolling out to the right when he chucked it up yeah. and he didn't have much time anyways? Yeah, I mean, everything happens so quick. I mean, we always had, a, I think it was a 2.7, you know, little clock for the quarterback to get the, the ball out. So, I think in that position you might have to cut it in half maybe. If, if But with the way that Aaron can move and quarterbacks now can move, I think if you get something in that situation to just get through the game, I think you could do it. But – it's not ideal because your next week you're going, okay, who's playing offensive line? You know, that mm. you, you get a lot more issues that come along with that, um, that process. So you don't really want to get down to your emergency center. Right. You said, and you said that there were multiple possibilities that, that could have happened. How close were, was one of them? And like, what was the situation in the game? Like, would it have been for the whole second half or like the last two possessions? Like what was the closest? So there was one, one week, and it was literally we were doing a walkthrough on Sunday. It was a it was a I can't remember, it was a night game because we didn't do walkthroughs on Sunday at the hotel unless it was a night game. And I can't remember which week it was, but we had some guys that were sick and hurt, and we didn't know who was going to dress. Mm. And when they go to do walkthroughs and offense, I didn't ever go do that, and they actually called me like they oh. came and found me and was like, "You got to get in here." And I did the whole walkthrough as the, as the acting center. And then luckily that game turned out and we didn't need me. And then the other one was the championship game in Atlanta. And they actually oh put uh, LaTroy oh Guy my, in yeah. at offensive line because that was towards the end of the game. And they just ended up putting him in there yep. uh, to kind of mend through it. We kind of talked about it there too. Um, one of those games where the offensive line just got decimated. I think Josh Sitton started at like left tackle. And I think he was oh matched gosh. up against, man, who are they playing? But he was going up against, you know, one of the elite pass rushers, and it was our guard lining up at tackle. Hmm. Well, there was one that – so we – him and TJ both ended up having to play left tackle in their career. And one of them was against TJ. the Vikings, I think, when they had Griffin and, and uh, uh, Jared Robinson. Allen. Jared Allen. Jared Allen out there. And it, I, I believe one of those was that game. I can't remember if it was at Green Bay or at, at Minnesota. But there were some times there where you're like, get the ball out. <laughs> you know, because you take a guy out of position, he's got to learn something new, you know, a week of it against a guy that's been – yeah, being a pass rusher, you know his his life. I mean, it's like going up against, be like, literally going up against Julius Peppers in his prime, saying, "Hey, blocking." Yeah, because <laughs> it's like you, so many different mechanics and like the stance is. and just and everything. They, and he studies it. You know, the defensive guy studies what this offensive guy does and, and right. how to swipe the arms. And he's, you know, the difference of a nose tackle and and a you know a defensive end. They attack two different ways. You know, mm -hmm. and you're you're kind of on an island out there instead of having some help inside. So it's just, um, it's crazy. So we mentioned him right before that in Detroit, the Hail Mary play with Rodgers. Obviously, a lot of people have heard the story about you and Rodgers going to the open mic night at the coffee shop, I believe, in Green Bay. But it sounds like you've done that a couple times. How many shows have you done with Aaron Rodgers? We did a few shows. Uh, that was kind of the one that we didn't know there was going to be that many people that showed up. <laughs> um, the other stuff was more of us just messing around. I've done some some acts down when I was playing, I did some, some bar shows here um, in Fort Smith and that, those were fun, but you know, the difference of the bar scene and a coffee scene is you sound a lot better to the people at the bar scene than you do the coffee. <laughs> you know, we walked in and the lights were on and I was like, wow, this is, 
everybody's drinking some coffee. We're not going to sound good at all, but it was, <laughs> it was a fun experience. It just, you know, it was, makes you sh- know that those people that actually perform on the daily, how much talent they really have. Mm-hmm. Well said. How, how long have you been playing guitar for? I picked it up when I was in Jacksonville as a free agent. Um, okay. I had a lot of free time on my hands, and I said, okay, I'm just going to start trying to learn. And I did some YouTube videos. I had a couple lessons and just kind of went from there. And I actually haven't touched it in a few years, and I'm, I'm ready to get back to it. But we're, we're kind of getting ready to move again. So oh yeah, we, uh, it's all packed up. I was going to say, geez, quarantine, you'd think you'd have enough time to pick her up again. <laughs> Well, we, we, we would, but we just had a five and a three year old. Oh, they just had their birthdays and full no house. school. And, and we've been, uh, we've been doing the best we can with, with all this craziness. Understandable. Um, what was on, on the set list when you guys would play? Honestly, I can't remember. There was some, some favorite songs that we played. I know there's a, there, I don't even know if it's out there was a YouTube video of it and we kind of got up there and you, you, when you're not used to performing, it's weird because when you perform on a football field, you know, it's just something that comes natural for us. And then you go do something on the musical side. And that was the first time I'd really done something in that atmosphere with that many people kind of tucked into this little coffee shop. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of forget the songs that you had planned on. You, you want to play your, oh, the no. better songs that you can play. Um, my biggest thing was, you know, I wasn't, I'm not a huge singer but I just enjoy playing. So when you get into that, you got to speak up a little bit more because they're, they're there for a reason. And so we just played some songs that, and kind of made it an open mic comic night type deal where we <laughs> joked and, and laughed and we, we had a great time. Gotcha. Well, that, that's, that's all that matters, right? Exactly. Absolutely. Um, I guess speaking, talk, sticking with music there, what have you been listening to lately? I actually, the Wade Bowen and Randy Rogers hold my beer. Watch this tour uh, version two. Um, I actually too. been listening to that quite a bit, which is uh, I enjoy. I enjoy Red Dirt music. I enjoy the old country. Um, I, I still listen to some classic rock, and you know, with the kids now, they they enjoy a little bit more of the pop, and my wife does. So I've kind of gotten into it. Uh, but we we have a good time with with music. I actually have a. It's funny. I, I have a Joker mask from Halloween from, from three years ago that my son wanted me to be a Joker because he was a Batman. And we have a couple of songs when they come on, we actually just get up and wrestle. And I put my mask on and then we have fun with that. So <laughs> like the I, I, I like it. Yeah. I enjoy music and it's, it's just, it's a fun time to just hang out and have fun. Heck yeah. So my day job, I'm a construction inspector. Uh, you got the call from the Green Bay Packers while you were pouring concrete. It sounds like a driveway or you were doing driveways that day. I'm just curious, were you skilled enough that you did hand form curb as well? Or did you strictly just pour driveways? We didn't ever get into the the hand form curves because we were doing just the driveways off the house. We were building the houses from basically the ground up and, and then we just kind of did the driveway to the street. We don't have a lot of, every neighborhood here is different where most of the ones we were doing actually didn't have a lot of curbs. Um, oh, sure. We, Arkansas. You know, yeah. So it's, it's a little bit different and we have neighborhoods that have curves and neighborhoods that don't. And, and that, that time we weren't, weren't in that, but, uh, I'm sure if I had the right tools, I could figure it out, but it's, <laughs> uh, I haven't poured concrete since then and I really don't want to do it anymore. So I don't blame I'm, you. I'm, Thank I'm you. I'm hoping football. this insurance thing works out and, <laughs> and uh, we'll go from there. <laughs> so this one, this doesn't have a lot of depth behind it. Uh, when you first got signed with the Packers, you were assigned Brett Favre's locker. How cool was that? 
it was really cool because I didn't know it until the time I was getting interviewed. So at the, uh-huh. they're sitting there interviewing me and I'm like, and they asked me that question. And so I'm shocked. I'm like, oh, I didn't know that. I mean, that's awesome. You know, it's when I was with Jacksonville the first time there at undrafted, I actually was so excited. We were going to the third preseason game and we were going to get to come to Lambeau. And I was, you know, ecstatic. I was like, I'm going to get to play at Lambeau field. And, you know, a couple mm-hmm. of days later I got cut and never made it. And <laughs> so then to be able to do that, and then get his locker, which, you know, you grew up watching, and it's like, wow, this is really cool. It's awesome. So this this one's kind of more of another deep dive. The Super Bowl. Running out of the tunnel, you were one of the first guys out of the tunnel, and I've always wondered this. So, you know, we have the big hype-up video with Sam Elliott, you know, talking about Aaron Rodgers and Charles Woodson, and we're getting all pumped up. And then you guys ran out to, y'all ready for this? I'm just curious, was there a team discussion for what song was going to be played for when you guys ran out, or was it just something you found out while it was happening? Honestly, I've never been a part of those conversations, but from my understanding, it was kind of the, the Packers media department yeah. and the marketing department that, that puts that stuff together. They probably get some input from from a few of the guys on what they like and, and things they don't like, and I, I think they just kind of put all that stuff together to to make it run smoothly and you know, they, that's one thing that's great about Green Bay is they really don't want you having to think about, not that that's a little thing, but it is compared to what the game was. So they, sure. they want to take your mind off of it. You give a couple of suggestions and then they're going to take it from there. And, and that way your mind's always on football. Yeah, that's true. Well, that. At, to that same point though, what at the night before, or a couple of nights before McCarthy had you guys fitted for rings. I mean, that must've been interesting as well. It was really cool. Cause I don't think anybody knew it was coming. There might've been a few guys that kind of heard, but we did the meeting and then all of a sudden he says, okay, let's go get fitted for rings. And then it just puts it into your head. You're like, yeah, we're fixing to win this. Like, this is awesome. Like we're going to get fitted for rings. It's usually you don't do that until after you win, but it was just that confidence that we had, you know, that whole playoff run, which really our playoff run started two weeks, at the last two weeks of the regular season. Absolutely. So we'd been on a roll and, and it was, it was just kind of magical. Just the casual confidence of let's go, let's go yeah. get our rings. It was, and it, it rolled over into the next season as well. You know, we had the lockout, and then we went on a run there. And I think we were, I think we were close to almost nineteen straight wins from the previous season. Mm. Um, you know, and we had the fifteen and one, and, and then we didn't finish that season the way we'd like to, obviously. But right. uh, we we had some confidence on, on those teams there that we didn't feel like anybody could beat us, and a lot of times nobody could. Absolutely, yeah. Chills. I mean, that, that was a great, great run there. Those, I mean, it was. It, it almost wasn't fun being a fan because every game seemed to be over at halftime. Yeah. <laughs> the they were, and, and and that's the beauty of the NFL is some games were over at halftime. Uh, you know, when, like for instance, when we won the Super Bowl, uh, we went to Atlanta. We didn't punt at all. We we didn't have a punt in that game. Yeah, and it, that was like the first time in my career. I'm like sitting there at the end of the game, like, wow, we didn't punt one time. <laughs> And I think I had that happen two other times, but that's unheard of. I know we, we had one game, and I can't remember. It may have been the Bears, but we had one game that we we couldn't – neither team punted, and it was, like, just surreal at the end of it because everybody was like, we didn't even punt. And that, that's kind of crazy when you get into stuff like that because that's – How many possessions are in a football game? It's, yeah. Yeah, it's insane. Exactly, and able to do. <laughs> Uh-oh. Special guest. A second yeah. special guest. Yes. So, as we kind of mentioned there, you played all throughout the good portion of the Mike McCarthy era. 
lot of great seasons. I'm curious. We kind of talked talked about it before on a previous episode, but what was your favorite season with the Green Bay Packers? There's a lot to choose from. I mean, the obvious answer is the Super Bowl. I guess I should have specified the, aside from the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, you know, like my first year, the way that it all worked out, you know, I didn't go through preseason. I thought my career was done. Then I join up, and, and my first game is Monday Night Football, which that's a dream, which, you, you know, you always watch Monday Night Football, and that was awesome. That was my first game against the Vikings, which was also Aaron's first game of starting. So, there's, you know, I, I was actually in the tunnel there. I was actually nervous. And Aaron and I weren't, like, friends at that point because we'd, we'd only known each other for a few days. And, you know, we, we were teammates, and <laughs> the cameras were all on him because it was his first start. Yeah, and sure. I just remember kind of just looking down, and I was just kind of thinking about everything. And all of a sudden, I feel this arm grab my arm and pull me in front of the camera. And I kind of look up at him, and he's just grinning in your ear because I'm just kind of taking his spotlight. I'm like, oh, just man, this is gonna be, so you're going to be that type of player that's just fun. And, and, he, and he is. He's so loose. But, you know, 09 was fun. Um, the, the playoff run there that, you know, ended on, on the coin flip, you know, on, on yeah. a sack fumble that, that, you know, we had a good team there. And then you, you 15 and one year with the lockout was – was a weird year, but that, that in the 15 and one year, I, that's what I've told people about right now is like, you know, the athletes, they understand this COVID that, you know, they're still going to work out and do stuff. So I, if the guys can stay healthy within the community that they can, thank you, thank you within the community that they can, you know, they're going to be able to play. And so I don't know if y'all heard that, but she's very proud that she just tooted. Uh, Heck yeah. So, you know, we're, we're, we just got potty trained, so everything's everything's a miraculous moment here. <laughs> but if, if you take away those just obvious reasons and answers, my most memorable season for me was coming back from ACL. Sure. Uh, because that season, I didn't even know if I was going to get another chance. I hadn't, you know, it was, I was at the end of my contract, uh, so I was at home rehabbing. I didn't know what was going to happen. And then all of a sudden, I literally got a call again at the end of preseason and came in and got to play a whole season, and that was – it meant a lot to me to be able to play after doing that injury without a whole lot of help on the back end. It was just kind of all myself. Wow. Yeah. It takes, and yeah, it ends a lot of people's careers. So yeah, that's a, that's a good, good choice. Yeah, That was a real interesting time too, because I, because Crosby obviously struggled, I think for family night that night and with the new snapper, it just wasn't exactly the same. And it's weird because when you dive into the, into the team so much, it's like, you know, even that training camp, people are like, where's Brett Good? Where's Brett Good? And then, sure enough, you're signed in. Apparently, it was a really hectic time for you anyways because your wife was going into labor and you had to fly to New York because the Jets were interested too? Yes, that was – well, that was actually the next year. Okay. Um, that was the next year. And so, I actually had – my wife had my second child and literally within two hours, I was on a plane to New York and was trying out for the Jets. <laughs> and then – I was fixing the sign with them and got word that Green Bay was wanting to bring me back. And it was home. And I was like, I've got a new baby. I know the Green Bay, the area. Let's just go back to there. And so we went back there. And, and then obviously uh, everything worked out. That was my, my last year of playing. Um, I tore my hamstring week three, mm. um, which I needed three games to get, you know, quote unquote, 10 years of career. And then I went, I actually got released, injury wavered, and came mm -hmm. back. Uh, and was able to finish out the season on, on the push to try and make the playoffs, which we unfortunately didn't. Dang. Yeah, yeah. It's a heck, heck of a story, though. Wow. So you've still been – it seems like you you still watch the Packers on Sundays. Are they still the team you're rooting for in the NFL? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I enjoy watching them. I, I enjoy the NFL games so much that I watch 
most every game that I'm allowed to. <laughs> uh, but when the Packers are on, I'm definitely watching that game it, because I just I just enjoy it. I enjoy the, the the city, you know, the state. It reminded me so much of my home state of Arkansas that, you know, just the, the fans being able to, you know, we'd be out there at training camp when, when fans were out there and you'd be walking back after training camp on night practice and somebody would hand you a beer and a chicken wing, you know, and it was just like <laughs> – it's like, oh, this is awesome. Thank you. And and, and it's just those, those type of relationships that you build along the way that, you know, Green Bay is my second home. And it's just – it will always have a special place in my heart. Awesome. Awesome. So, one last question. You've been you've still been watching the team. How do you feel about the team going into this year? I feel like they'll be pretty good. I mean, obviously, you're coming off an NFC Championship game. So, uh, you know, it's hard not to have high hopes. But every year is different. You've got a new makeup every year. And, and this year, not only do you have a new makeup of the, of the roster, you've got to deal with the COVID aspect. Yeah. Um, so I think there's going to be some interesting things that we've never seen, uh, even if they're able to play a full season of, you know, guys getting sick. You know, it's going to be a responsibility of the guys to really make sure that they're, they're not getting out in the community too much uh, and they're wearing their masks when, when they're not playing. Uh, because I think that we can do it. I mean, you can look right now at the numbers of – the COVID positives is a very low percentage. I think it's around 1%, and mm-hmm. which that's, you know, that's miraculous that they're able to do that. So if they can kind of just stay in, you know, in form, I, I think that they're going to do good. I, I think they've got a great running game coming back, plus the, the addition that they have. And, and I think the defense, you know, is, is stepping up their game even better. And, uh, you know, special teams, I think they were great last year. I think they made some improvements. And I, I think that they, if they can all just put it together, you know, they didn't win. Well, everybody got mad at them last year. They didn't win pretty, but they won games. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, Amen. it doesn't matter how you win. It's just about winning, you know, because mm-hmm. we would – you know, you talk about the year we went 15-1, and one, we blew a tons of teams out, but we didn't know how to win the close game. And yep. even you go back to 08, uh, you know, we had a lot of games that we lost by very few points on the last possession. So you got to know how to win those games. But in the today's age, everybody wants high-scoring football and a blowout. Well, you know, the people on the other side of the ball are getting paid. So – you know, they're going to go out there and they're going to play hard too. So you just got to be able to kind of mend it all together and, and figure it out as a, as a team and, and do the best they can because there's going to be some ups and downs and it's just going to be how, how they can, can mold it together. There you go. What a, what a refreshing level-headed take. Just all seeing all sides and it's a, it's a multifaceted <laughs> issue. Really, really well said. I appreciate it. But uh, that that's all I had. Thanks a lot for coming on the on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. But that's it. Uh, thank you very much to Brett Goot for yes. coming on the podcast. Thank you again, Super Bowl champion. Yeah, very very cool to uh, talk to a Super Bowl champion. Didn't didn't get to look at him. He wasn't. Are there any? He won't get the video to work, huh? Are there any long snappers in the Hall of Fame? I don't think so. I think there's only like one or two punters so Ooh, it would that be might need, that might need to it change. would be pretty tough um but your favorite time uh your favorite part of every episode please please rate and subscribe if you can uh if you leave a review take a screenshot of it dm it to us on pmp pod on twitter or email it to us at pm pmp podcast at gmail uh send your address and we will send you a free koozie uh, also, I don't know if, if you like it too, maybe, maybe share, share the episode. Tell, tell one of your, your Packer friends. fans, only, fan only buddies. Packers fans are welcome. Yeah. Please. No, thank you. Nobody else. Um, but yeah, I don't, we'll, we'll try to going forward. We'll get back into the segments and stuff, but you know, we're, 
We're like Jordan Love, just trying to get one one percent better, one percent better every, every day. Week. That's what's preached by Lafleur, and that's what's preached by us. We're just trying to get one percent better on the podcast. Jordan Love is trying to be one percent better as a quarterback. And just imagine two years from now, I mean, we could both, all three of us, us two and Jordan yep. Love, could be seven hundred and like thirty percent better Jeez. in two years. And Think if that, that if that's true, then we would have seventy million listeners. Seventy. No, 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 because we're only at 1.5 million right yeah. now. So it'd be, well, 1% of... I don't, I don't want to do... I don't know. Maybe I don't want to like, do math like on like Sunday. Like 2, 2 million yeah. by, by in two years, probably increased by 500,000. Perfect. It's a realistic goal. Yeah, very very realistic. Uh, But that's it. We, as I mentioned, may have mentioned before, next week we will have an interview with Jarrett Boykin. Ooh. Super nice guy. catch. Yeah, talk about you know all the fun plays back in 2013, the the touchdown against the Bears and all that stuff. So that was a lot of fun. But uh, Kyle, aside from that, I don't have anything else to say. Do you have anything else? I do not. All right. Well, Randy Rogers and Wade Bowen, please don't sue us. Sitting here trying to remember.